0: up everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon
1: Pouncy, a production of Datcast Network. Hey now, say now. You're tuned into the Wake Up and Win podcast and I am your host Devon Pouncy. We are here as usual in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon at the Living the Dream Studios in the Pearl District. I got a special guest with me today, but before I introduce my guy, I want to make a few quick announcements of some upcoming things that I have going on. So the first announcement um, actually has nothing to do with sports, nor does it have anything to do with politics. It has to do with me being this DJ guy here around town in the city of Portland, and uh, it's actually a bar. It's a rooftop bar called Export. I'll be DJing there this Friday, November 1st. My set will be from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. It should be a pretty fun set for multiple reasons. One, export is, you know, it's more of a high-end hotel, lounge, bar type of a spot. So it's pretty up there. And I've actually been trying to get this spot, get this gig since like May. And I've had to go through fucking everything to get this position. Um, I've had to go through the bartender to the man the manager who was on the clock at the time that i reached out to these folks to the general manager and then had to make a playlist for the general manager and she had to send that over to corporate and corporate had to approve the playlist and then they reached back out to me to book a gig so it's it's definitely been a process getting this gig but it's one i'm definitely looking forward to and you know if you're obviously of age it's no cover um, the drinks are a little pricey, but, you know, it's a Friday night. It's the first of the month. You all got some money to go out and spend this weekend, have a few drinks, and listen to some good vibes. So, yeah, that's this Friday. Export. It's the 16th floor of the Porter Hotel, to be exact, here in downtown Portland. Beautiful view of the city. Um, aesthetically just phenomenal. The place just opened in 2018, so pretty modern, pretty pretty updated. Um, also... Uh, Many of you know the work that I do with street response, uh, with street roots, excuse me. And we have Portland Street Response, the pilot that has been implemented where we got allotted a half a million dollars by the city of Portland um, to kind of make this thing go for next year. We are now at the stage in the phase of Portland Street Response where any artist out there who can draw, Um, Any artists out there that has a little bit of talent, maybe even putting some graphics together, graphic design, we are doing a logo contest. Portland Street Response needs a logo. Um, If you want to know more about Portland Street Response, just Google it, look it up. It's there. Plenty of articles out there on it. Um, Many of you, if you follow me on social media as well, I've had news clips and things of that sort that I've posted up um that informs you about portland street response as well so if you are a creative it is a paid gig so if you're a creative and you submit your logo um you can get paid and portland street response really is probably going to be a big thing here in the city of portland and it's definitely gotten a bunch of coverage up to this particular point so if you're an artist you're a graphic designer go for it um the submission deadline is november 11th so you got a little bit of time but not too not too much time um also next week november 5th uh, is when i start back commentating at portland state so november 5th there'll be a home game i will be on the call they actually have an exhibition game here tonight But it's no broadcast for the exhibition game. So I'll be up there if you want to come say hi. But you probably won't even listen to this episode by the time that game ends. So you don't have to really worry about that necessarily. But you can definitely make your way up there next week, November 5th, for the opening tip-off. That won't be an exhibition game and that will be broadcasted. So, um, yeah, a few quick announcements there. Now to introduce my special guest here in the studio. It's been a long time coming, man. <laughs> I'm just happy I finally got the call. I mean, this
0: is it's a dream of mine. It's actually. a
1: dream of yours. Yeah. So today we have Tyson Alger on the podcast. Some of you, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, may remember Tyson um, from when I used to promote the three on two podcast here when Tyson worked for the Oregonian. He no longer works for the Oregonian, but that does not mean he isn't employed. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: the, the three-on-two podcast is what kind of did my career.
1: As you see, one thing that he's known for uh, here in the local sports media market is being uh, phenomenal at having dry humor. (laughs) He's definitely known for that, but he's also known for being a phenomenal writer, and he currently is a beat writer for The Athletic publication, and he covers the Oregon Ducks. Obviously, us being here locally in the state of Oregon, the Oregon Ducks are doing some hot shit on the football field right now, and that's just hard to deny at this particular point. What are they ranked? Seven now? They're number seven right now. Seven
0: in the country? Yeah, and it's, uh, what is it? We got a day before Halloween here, and they've already... Wrapped up a spot in the Pac-12 title game. It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I get a coast for the next month. This is going to be, some, <laughs> this is gonna be some nice. Yeah. I get to come in here and do a podcast every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. there you go.
1: There you go. So, um, But before we get into to the Ducks, because I got plenty of questions for you on that particular front. Not just football, but basketball as well. Um, I want to get into a little bit of Tyson Alger, the journalist. And kind of the journey, you know, where how it all started for you. Obviously, up to the point where you are today, you have definitely um, have had a long tenure in an industry that is known to be a tough industry. Yeah. It's known to be an industry that a lot of folks dream of being able to make a career out of, but it just doesn't quite happen for most. You've been able to do that. So let's go back kind of to the beginning of Tyson Alger and this dream of being a journalist. How did that all start for you? And then we'll kind of keep it rolling as you respond.
0: Yeah, it was it was one of those things where like I uh, when I was a kid I I loved baseball I I was I was born in Seattle before I moved up to Alaska and I I I think my family we had we went to a ton of Mariners games in like ninety four ninety five when I was probably like, five or six years old and I just I loved reading like the stat page in the in the sports section so that's where I kind of like first got like used to like seeing the stories and, like, the bylines and, like, the pictures of the calmness. I just, like, loved all that sort of thing. And, and so initially it was kind of like a sports thing that, like, like drew me in. But then, like, you know, as you get a little bit older and kind of go through things, like, I just... I like telling stories, like, and, and I like... I like the attention I get when <laughs> yeah. I tell people stories. You know, right. you know, like when you're when you got a big group of people you're around, you're like, "Hey, man, I got a good story," and everyone's just like wants to hear. Like that's that's essentially what we do. Right. It's, it's like we like telling people. I don't really like telling people about myself. Yeah. But I like telling people about cool shit other people have done. Right. Right. And, right. And uh, and so yeah, that was kind of like my thing. Like I was always like re- like a real good people person in high school. Like I gravitated towards like all sorts of different groups. You know, I played played hockey so i was in with kind of like the sports people i was in with kind of like the the artsy folk and all that and like i just i just liked everyone's different stories and and so like as i was like trying to figure out what the hell i wanted to do with my life Uh um it was like yeah well like journalism seems like something like this was at a time where i wasn't really uh concerned about like getting laid off or you know you're yeah, 18 years old you're yeah, not yeah. paying attention. it's that. just a dream yeah and, and so <laughs> i was like man like i so i took like a i took like a high school newspaper class and i was like man i really like i like being able to like moonlight in somebody else's life for a day or like kind of experience like different sorts of things yeah and so uh, i ended up uh, going to college at University of Montana. Boo! <laughs> Boo! Which, well, you know why I'm booing, right? One, go Grizz. Uh, two, <laughs> one of the best basketball games I ever saw was when Anthony Johnson put Damon Lillard in a locker in the Big Sky Championship game. <laughs> oh, shit. Anthony Johnson scored, I think, 30 points in the second half coming back down from... I don't know. I inflate this story every single time. Uh-huh. I, I tell it. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they got some decent hoop out there. But, well, uh, they
1: do. I mean I mean obviously my boy the reason Will I, Cherry. You know. Yeah, Will Cherry. Yeah, yeah he's I, nice. I, I rock with Will Cherry. I actually, you know, grew up in the Bay Area, so um, I got to be around Will Cherry a lot when he played in high school at McClyman's High School out in West Oakland. They were like the best team in the state at the time. But also obviously I still cover the grizz a lot because I'm yeah, at Portland, Portland state, state and Portland State's in the Big Sky Conference, which is why I gave a bit of a boo there. And by yeah. the way, Last year, when I started working with Portland State, mm-hmm. they won every single game at home. Got off to a shit start, and then they won seven of their last eight games. Now, mind you, I only do the home games, but six right. of their last eight games were at home. And uh, one of those victories was definitely versus the Grizz. So well, you, know, you can thank me it's, for it's, that.
0: It's a very generous school. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's about making people feel well about their choices and in their lives. And right. Everyone's small. you got to you know throw, throw a bone out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, Montana, Montana had like a couple things for me. One, it was like, it was like getting out of Alaska without like really getting out of Alaska. You know, yeah. I still had like my woods and wilderness and. So born in Seattle, raised in Alaska. Yeah. My, so my, my dad's a pilot for Alaska Airlines. Oh, okay. And, and when, okay. Uh, essentially we, his base got switched up to Anchorage. He could become captain faster. And so we're like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So yeah. uh, we, we moved up there when I was about like five or so, which like when you're like five years old and. Everything you know about Alaska is just like what you've seen on cartoons. It's like igloos and dog sleds and all that stuff. So I was like, "Hell no, I don't yeah. want to go there." I ended up liking Cold it. As shit. Yeah, I, I ended up liking it um, mainly because like I got really big into hockey and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I enjoyed growing up there. I'm perfectly happy where I'm at right now. It's like four, it's like city. it's like 45 degrees out here in the city right now, and yeah. I'm, I'm wearing a flannel and a coat and I'm freezing my. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Righteous, righteous. So Montana, Montana was good for that because like everyone in Alaska, like especially if you're in high school, you're just like I'm ready to get out. Like I want to go experience the world. Uh, But they also have a really good journalism school for like the size of the school and like the price. I mean, Montana, Montana was pretty dirt cheap compared to like some like. Compared to Pacific University. Yeah. But, where you know, I went. Yeah. Or or like uh you know, like uh, you know, if I look at like a lot of the writers at the Athletic, there's a lot of people that like went to like Northwestern or, yeah. or Michigan or Syracuse or kind of like those traditional like powerhouses. And uh like the thing Montana really prided itself on was like, Okay, well we don't have that sort of money. You know, we're we we do not have that notoriety, but what we can do is like we can make the like the handful of kids that we do have really really good and like we'll put everything we have into them and yeah
1: and, and i can definitely relate yeah you know, going to a small school like pacific yeah and and, and, where and we're known for optometry and not journalism dude, I, did a, I, did a, <laughs> I did a story on awful. the optometry
0: clinic at pacific once yeah because uh, you're working for us girl. we'll yeah, get sir. to that we'll yeah. get to that we'll get to that um so yeah i mean it, it was it was kind of like one of those like chip on your shoulder type of things and like you know we are like our school newspaper like the montana kyman like we love just like reading like the days, like Missoulian newspaper and be like, man, like our shit was better than that this week. Like, yeah, like, like yeah. we're better than this. We're better than this, which we weren't, but right. like, like we, we thought it and <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I, yeah, I got, I got a job at like the school newspaper there. Um, I didn't necessarily like want to get into sport I mean, like I, I was leaning towards sports, but like, that's the opening they had. So I was like, yeah, like I'll do that. And, right. and I mean, as you know, like this industry right now is like, so, uh, it's so unstable that, like, you probably don't want to switch from something that, like, you've kind of established yourself in already. So, like, right. like I love being a sports reporter, and, and it's, it's what I do. I wouldn't be upset if, like, someday, like, I was, like, a, a general assignment feature writer or something, like, doing kind of, like, more real news and, and that sort of
1: that, thing. That's but, interesting you say that because, obviously... I've dealt with a pretty big transition in my young journalism career, obviously more so from a broadcast perspective. But even still, um, coming out of college, I did a lot more work in the sports media field because I had an internship in sports radio, which ultimately led to me getting a sports radio show at that same station. But after I got laid off from radio, um, I kind of did a 180 and I went into working with Street Roots, which doesn't really deal with too much sports, more so deals with homelessness in particular, but all types of different social issues. And I kind of veered away, which sports obviously is still a part of me. I'm doing the work with Portland State. I'm doing the, the commentary for Pacific University as well. Still definitely have a sports element on my podcast here.
0: And... A lot of the, I, I thought you wanted me here just because you liked me, not because I was, you know, useful for sport. <laughs> <them>.
1: <laughs> no, I'm using you, all yeah, yeah, I'm using yeah, yeah. you.
0: But, um, but yeah, and
1: then, and then even a lot of the pieces that I write, um, because I am a staff reporter, technically, I'm a staff reporter right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at Street because <Roots>. yeah. <laughs> I write an article once every couple or few months or mm. so. But um, a lot of the articles I even write there still have an athletic or a sports element, but in one way or another it intersects with like politics and
0: social issues i I think that's why probably both of us like sports so much because like i to be honest and and like if if you're if you happen to be an athletic subscriber and you're listening to this like it's not that i don't love covering the games yeah I, i love the x's and o's of the games oh well, let me rephrase that i sometimes i could give like two shits about like what happens on the field like obviously i care about like the outcome because i have to write about it but, right. but I'm, I'm more intrigued about like how the people that got that outcome got to that position right and, and like and there, there's there's so many cross sections between like what happens on the field and like these life stories whether it be you know off the field or politics or, or any sort of thing like there's so many cross sections there right and, and, and especially when you cover like a, a sport like uh college football where there's 115 kids on the roster and they come from all different types of backgrounds and all that thing like it's it's a fun melting pot for me to cover because it's you know one day you can be writing about like um i mean there's there's just so many different stories. what's some of the
1: stories you wrote about so far this year or at least this is year two with the athletic right yes sir what's some of the interesting stories that you might have written about athletes off the field with the athletic
0: yeah um that's a good one like like uh the most recent actually like so uh so the Ducks beat Washington State on Saturday Right. And, uh Camden Lewis the freshman kicker he hit the game winner um, and he's been before that he had been terrible all year yeah and and he's like an 18 year old kid like this is like he got a scholarship like super excited to go to college his first game's Auburn he missed a kick in that one yep then the next or then his next chance he missed a kick and with like, how social media is these days like it just gives everyone an avenue to like at him yep. and just be like hey you suck like you like you're terrible blah, twitter, blah, blah. Fingers. Yeah, twitter yeah, fingers yeah exactly and so like i i found a lot of uh uh like i like i like a good redemption story and, and just like what someone has to go through psychologically to be able to get to the point of, of redeeming themselves right and, and and uh so like i loved being able to talk to him like after he did that and just like you know, he was telling me, he's like, I always knew, like, I didn't suck, like, everyone, everyone in the world was telling me that I sucked, right. but, like, you know, I had to kind of battle through kind of, like, that mental block to be able to, like, prove myself, and, like, as a kicker, you get, especially a kicker on Oregon's offense, you maybe yeah. get, like, one opportunity every, like, every, like, three or four weeks, Right. and so, uh, uh, so, like, I wrote about that, and I, uh, and I talked to, like, a couple former kickers who had, like, been in those positions before, too, It was mm. just, like, like those guys are on an island like yeah. in practice like I don't, if, if you ever seen a college practice like those guys like everyone else is on one field you got like 100 dudes on one field and right, then you right. got like the two kickers out there the, where the, it seems like the coaches are like yeah hey, just go kick just some go ball. kick yeah. some ball right, right, yeah, right so it's, right. It's, it's uh it's almost a completely different sport it's like similar to like golf almost where like it's just a very like in your own head sort of thing right and, and this is this is getting into kind of more of the minutiae of like actual football where but like you know, earlier this year, I wrote a story about Tyler Shuck, Oregon's backup quarterback, whose mom uh, over uh, beat breast cancer about like five or six years ago, oh, nice. and, and just like how he was able to, uh, you know, him and his mom are, are very very close, mm-hmm. um, and just uh, I, I like personal relationships and and stories and, and that type of thing, and, and um, you know, it's uh, yeah, I, I like I. I'm not great at, like, breaking down film or, you know, yeah. be like, like, looking at and be like, ah, oh, let's see here, they were in, like, 22 personnel here and, you know, like, all that sort of stuff. But, right. but, I, but I like that sort of stuff. So.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, Boy, that was
0: a long meandering. Yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. But
1: no, 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 like I said, we'll get into the Ducks, and we're, we're getting yeah. ready to do that here real soon. But I definitely wanted to learn. I wanted to be the one to get Ty, Tyson Alger's personal story because right. you're going out and getting everybody else's personal story, and you do a great job at it. Um, but kind of talk about at least your journalism ca- career here in the state of Oregon. I know you were out in my neck of the woods yeah. with, in Forest
0: Grove for a little while. I, I went from So my first job was in Hawaii. Okay. So I was like the sports editor of the Garden Island newspaper on Kauai, Hawaii, which was like really awesome and really terrible at the same time like, like 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 being 22 years old and living in hawaii was sweet yeah but also being 22 years old and trying to afford to live in hawaii is terrible yeah that's like it's, that's
1: that's real yeah. that's real.
0: and so i i had interned at the Oregonian when i was in college and uh about a year and a half into hawaii i got a call from uh, seth prince who used to be the sports editor of the oregonian he's a he's a professor at uh, oklahoma now okay and he was just like hey like I can get you out of there to here. It's not quite like here here, like yeah. like you're not going to be like full-time staff Oregonian downtown covering the Ducks, covering the Blazers, doing all this. Right. But it's going to be underneath our umbrella. You just got to go out to this town called Forest Grove. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's, you know, that sounds nice. That's Pacific
1: a ni- University yeah, that, baby that, go boxers. That, Talk about it, Tyson. So it was uh it was
0: me and just two awesome guys, Danny Edle and Jeff Smith, who through various walks of life, we all happened to end up there. Yeah, and uh, we were we were writing for what was at the time these were all under the Oregonians umbrella, the Forest Grove Leader and the Hillsboro Argus. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And man, we just kind—I of, mean, I probably had more fun than those two guys did because you know, like I—I I was like new in my career and new to the spot, and I was like, man, I just want to go out here and write and write and write. But we right. we put out. Uh, I like jokingly brag a lot, but I don't have a ton of self confidence. Uh huh. We put out probably the best sports section of, like, a weekly paper, I think, in the country. Really? Like, like, like we were just kicking ass, man. Yeah. Like, it was, like, because, like, Jeff had covered the Ducks at for the Oregon before that and through various things that happened in his career. Like, it ended up there. And, and same thing with Dan. And, like, we were all, like, pros who were, like, really good at what we did and, like, took pride. In. I there are some people who I think would go out to a job like that and be like, well, I have to go cover, like, a Banks girls soccer game? Like, yeah. Like, like, like what? Like, what like what what am I going to write about there and uh I think that's where like I learned to kind of really like find like that people angle and and what and what and, whatnot. and like yeah. and like the thing I loved about covering high school is especially in kind of like underserved communities like that is uh it means a ton to the the, the community out there like i when I grew up and I was playing hockey in like Palmer Alaska like if we were ever in the newspaper like you know you had your grandma calling you know, who would have like 10 clippings of yep, it and like yep. sending it out to all your relatives like 100 i, lo- I, I love that aspect of things and like that was cool out in like the banks and forest grove area because they didn't necessarily always get that from, right yeah
1: it's interesting you say that do you think like as a creative that obviously now you're you're you are working based out of portland you you're in the big city now you're in a top 25 media market now, but. I dress fancy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you're a, a big nice wig. Sports car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a big wig out here. But um, do you think that as a creative, working in a small town like Forest Grove um, pushed you a bit harder yeah. than even a bigger market such as Portland, where there's always stories, there's always something going on, but because there's probably more falling in your lap in the bigger market, yeah. You know, being in a smaller market, did it push you to be more of a creative, especially when it came to storytelling and and you writing your stories?
0: A hundred percent, because, you know, I, I cover a top ten college football program right now, who has a like, uh, there's they have a quarterback who could be the first pick in the draft. They, right. They have a head coach who played at, at Miami during its heyday. Like, there's so many storylines that are with the easy. Rock. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's there's so many storylines there that are easy to tell that it almost feels like they're just kind of like handed to you right and when you're working out in in a smaller area and you still have a lot of pride in yourself of of, hey i not only do i want people who are here to read this but i want this to be accessible for someone who might might pick up this paper in Portland and be like okay why do i care about this random story that's out you know in, in banks or forest grove right and like you had to get creative you had to push yourself and like you had to have a pretty, like, high standard of, like, hey, like, I can't, I don't want to half-ass anything here, because if, if, you know, the off, like, I I just wanted to always have a story that if the editor of the Oregonian saw it, they'd be like, man, like, why do we have this kid out in Banks or Forest yeah. Grove? Like, like, I, 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 like why is he not under our umbrella right now? Right, right, right. And so, like, there was, there was a lot of that, but, like, that's helped me so much more on, like, the duck speed now, too, because over the last... My first year on there was 2014. In 2014, we had awesome access. Like, any day of the week, you could get whatever player you wanted. You could get whatever coach you wanted. Like, you had everything that you could have wanted. And, right. and, and that's tightened up over the years. Like, Why? Why do you think? Uh, like, I think college football... Because of like social media and like how people can put out their own stuff, like yeah. they're they're able to control very specifically like what message they want to put out there. Like they don't they don't need our help as much as they used to like ten, fifteen years ago. Right. So it's 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 more like they can craft the exact image they want to. Um and you know, it's it's not that like my writing has ever been like, Man, I'm gonna try to get a hot quote from this kid and like blow it up and turn it into clickbait yeah. shit. Yeah. But That's what they're concerned about is, you know, a lot of these kids are younger, like a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, all these coaches have agents and like, there's a lot of politics involved Mm -hmm. and just about like, who's, who's getting more press here, who's getting more there. So now it's, it's tightened up a lot more to a point where like, you know, we get like assistant coaches like once a week and that's like the coordinators. Yeah. Like we get the actual assistant coaches. We haven't talked to an assistant coach in two months or so. (laughs) Damn. And so, and this is a long way of just saying that like having to be creative a long time ago has really helped me in this job. I'm at with the athletic now yeah. because they don't necessarily help ever like, you know, they don't give you a bag of just like, Hey, here's everything you're going to write about now. Like I have to get a little bit more creative, which I think works perfectly with what we're trying to do at, with the athletic because mm. like, Hey, like you got to pay to read my stuff. And If I was paying to read my stuff, I wouldn't want the exact same regurgitated stuff that's in every other thing. And this isn't taking a shot at any other outlet around. But it's just like, it's, my stuff has to be different than the free stuff out there. So I I think being... Subscription model. Yeah. So I think having to, you know, having to spend two years out in in the suburbs here and like trying to find like, okay, what are people going to want to read about? And now Mm -hmm. that I'm on a larger scale here, it's like... Okay, I've I have a much bigger realm of stuff to pick from, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just uh, it, it's definitely helped a bunch. For
1: sure. Now I want to go from uh, I want to go from your time at the, with the Forest Grove leader to that transition going to be able to actually work at the Oregonian right here, based out of downtown Portland, um, because you kind of mentioned like at in Forest Grove, in Banks, in Hillsboro, the stories that you wanted to write. You wanted it to be stories that were good enough to where, excuse me, (laughs) good enough to where had the sports editor read it here in downtown Portland, they'd want to kind of pull you up. Was that what actually happened? Or how did you go from Uh, working in the suburbs to being able to
0: be here in the heart of the city? It's it's a, I'd like to say it's a, a mixture, but like, unfortunately, like, it's kind of the circumstance of the 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 industry Uh, like unfortunately in 20 excuse me in 2013 2014 that's when the oregonian really started getting hit with those really bad layoffs i mean like the when when i started with them there was probably like 200 reporters and now it's like 30 something like it's 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 it's, it's minuscule compared to what it was and and unfortunately a big part of that initially was like the, the college football staff got hit real hard, you know, yeah. like really good reporters like Paul Bucher and John Hunt and, um, some others that, you know, they all lost their jobs for no reasons. Um, and at the time I, they knew that I had some talent and they knew that I was cheap, mm-hmm. it, which, which isn't something that like, I'm not like ashamed to say like, this was like how I got my foot in the door because I think any young person should try to get their foot in their door, no matter how they no matter how it comes up but it was it was a weird situation initially because like there was a lot of people who knew that the reason that like you know like myself or like Connor letourneau who like has covered the warriors for the last five years and kicked ass at the san francisco chronicle we kind of got our jobs the moments we did because of the industry circumstances because we were cheap and we were talented yeah and uh and that doesn't take away from the fact that we were talented, but like, it's just, that's, that's yeah, the progression that happened. You, you were
1: willing to kind of take scraps. Yeah. At that point and so,
0: and so there was kind of a, a lot of, you kind of sure. felt guilty a little bit about your success initially because it was just like, man, like, did I really earn this? And like, in retrospect, I did. Like, yeah. Like, especially, like, if, if you look across even, like, some of the national landscape now, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of reporters who, like, started, like, straight at ESPN or started, yeah. like, straight at, like, you know, we've even hired some at The Athletic who are, like, doing really good jobs. But, like... I felt guilty that I hadn't paid my dues, and this was after I had like worked on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean for a year and a half. And yeah, then, yeah. You know, like like went to college for yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Worked
1: like, worked in the sticks essentially. Yeah, j- journal,
0: journalism is the only industry where after like a four year degree, you can like feel guilty about the job that you got. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because like there, uh, you know, it's kind of like the whole like old guard versus like new new guys coming in. But anyway, so I. Uh, I got that job. I got promoted to the Ducks beat in like 2014, which was like. I mean, I went from covering, you know, high school girls soccer games to like the last year of Marcus Mariota, at, like at Oregon, which damn like, good year, which was awesome. Uh, and I'm so thankful that I had, at the time, my beat partner, Andrew Greif, you who know, yeah. so is now at the LA Times covering the Clippers.
1: Big like, time Greif. Yeah, like, Shout out to my boy. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, I imagine you would probably clean the studio before Greif shows you know, like, like, up. Uh, uh, we're in the slums, yeah, man. We, no. We're in the slums. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that was, that was completely kind of like a flying by the seat of my pants here because it yeah. was it was a huge step up. And, like, it was way different from just, like, my day-to-day, like, prior to that. But, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and it probably took me, like, two years on, like, that beat before, like, I felt like that, like, you know, like, I belong here, right? like, I'm comfortable, like, I don't need, like, my hand held all the time, and, um, yeah, shout out to Gry for, uh, making me not look like an idiot for a couple of years right <laughs>
1: man really greif is really truly one of the best writers yeah it's I've annoying it's annoying isn't it's it <laughs> yeah it's and, kinda... and, and he, like he's a good dude too. he's a great dude great yeah. guy i mean and it, it makes sense that he's now out there in la and i and i look at things such as i don't know if karma is the right term but more, more so what goes around comes around yep. you know what i mean and obviously he is a great guy, but with the with all the great work that he did, and at the time even with him being on a football beat, and then that turning into him kind of being on a Blazer beat for a while with the Oregonian, right. and now he's in LA, he picks up, he, he gets the Clippers beat last year with the LA Times, and then this offseason, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George want to just fucking show up out of the middle of nowhere and come play with the Clippers, but I feel like him being in that point in time right now where he probably does have the best beat in American sports (laughs) right now, it's like, it makes sense that he's that dude that has that particular beat, even though he might not have had any decision-making when it came to obviously Kawhi Leonard and Paul George coming to the Clippers. You know
0: what I mean? and, And what's crazy about that is, uh, so he and I were on the ducks beat together for, I think we did four seasons together. Yeah. And, uh, like, four years is a long time to be on the same beat, especially if, like, you're in the same position. And, and you know, it, that was a weird period to be covering the Ducks, because they were really good, and then they were bad, and Yeah, like, 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 all this sort of stuff. And uh, I think he and I both had some fatigue, like, beat fatigue, of just, like, man, like, we've covered these stories, like... And, and, and you know, Greif is a very aspirational person, and, I, you know, he was never... I don't think he was ever, like, looking beyond the Oregonian necessarily, but I think he was kind of always ready for, like, all right, when's this next step up for me? And which, like, deservedly so. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I don't think, I don't know if he ever got, like, frustrated in that sense, but, like, it was always, you know, a lot of us were kind of like, man, this is probably the last time we're ever going to be in this press box with Greif. Like, he'll, he'll probably be gone next year. And, like, he and I would kind of joke about that. And then, like, fall camp comes around and we're like, man, we're both still here. Yeah. 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 And... uh, For four years. Yeah. And then, uh, look at him. Like... Yeah. Just... Like, that just goes (laughs) to show... That just goes to show that, like, uh, you know, even, like, even, like, when you're frustrated, like, sometimes the timing works perfect. Yeah. Like, like I... uh, uh, You know, I don't think this is out of turn to say, but, like... So, Connor got hired before I did. Yeah. at, At the Oregonian. And I was... At the time, I was pretty pissed about it because I was like, man, because like we're same age sort of thing and like yeah, everyone's competitive. Yeah, it's journalism. Yeah, shit, it's, it's, it's a competitive. Man, industry. Man, this sucks. And so he got hired for the Oregon State beat. And I was like, man, like, you know, this is some bullshit. Like, like I'm upset about this. And uh, Connor is incredibly talented. And I was just Im- immature at the time. Yeah. But uh, like six months later, I get hired for the Ducks job. And like, that was the year they went to the national championship. championship game. Yeah. You know, and it's it like, it works out. And, and like, yeah like in Oregon State hasn't had the same six like I writing f- on the Oregon beat hasn't made me better but it's given me a much lar- larger megaphone than I would have if I was like on the Oregon State beat or, Makes or, sense. or, or, or something like that just because Makes they're more sense. of a, a national thing and right. so I was I was very uh you know it's timing timing works timing works and, for and, sure and, and like even if you think something's like not right at the time like I was wrong yeah yeah
1: yeah, <laughs> you know? and, yeah now now like i said we're still gonna get to the ducks but i i care a little bit about the ducks but yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. doing good but yeah. i kind of it's whatever um but now the last transition so we talked Oregonian. Um, we didn't talk about kind of the end of your Oregonian stint when you and I, and, I and, you and I and Danny I Moran, fired, you didn't good. get fired, but you and I and Danny Moran, we had this phenomenal podcast called the Three on Two podcast, where it, I was, I had gotten fired. I was the guy who was fresh off of being fired, and no, you, were, you two you, definitely you,
0: looked out you, for me. You, you, you were let go.
1: I was let go. <laughs> I was, that, I was laid off. I was laid
0: off. Okay, so so that that was that was one thing that I really liked about that time at the Oregon is there was a lot of chaos in, yeah. in, in the newsroom. But through that chaos, it gave us a lot of freedom to, yeah. like, to kind of do what we wanted. And so, like, Grife and I had been doing this football podcast for a long time, and in the offseason, we're like, well, what the hell are we going to You know, we can't do a football podcast yeah, every wow. week. And, right. like, me, like, me and Danny both know knew you know you pretty well at that time or yeah like i mean you've been on the show yeah several times
1: and i I, i've had some you know press box interactions with you too and
0: whatnot it was it's like Danny and i were like man like we should we should use like this built-in podcast audience we have to like talk like some hoop yeah and like at first it was very veiled as like this is going to be like a pac-12 centric thing right which was basically just like the gateway drug into letting us talk nba and so for sure and You know, we both knew that like obviously you have a basketball background and you're good at this sort of thing and like we got along with you. We're like, Man, like let's get Devon in here and like that turned into like a really fun like six months of just of just like shooting the shit and talking hoop and I don't know if anybody listened to it. But Yeah. Well I
1: mean what what I will say is that I mean for me, first off, I'm grateful for you two for allowing me to do that because I was not employed by the Oregonian, but it also it, it kept me alive because You know, working in the sports media field, you know, once you get laid off and you're kind of out of everybody's. Uh, eyes and you're not really, you know, visible. Or in this case, nobody it's hears like you anymore over the airwaves. It's like the next hottest things yeah. comes up, and you just kind of go by the wayside. But for that, I feel like that ultimately led by me being able to do that with you too, and it gave me more of a basketball centric resume. Um, it allowed me to easily transition into being able to get the gig at Portland right. State. Pacific obviously was my alma mater but I would even still say the podcast that we did kind of got my wheels to turn it more so to actually say you know what let me go for this job at Pacific and because I know I you know I I did well there and you know I know that my alma mater will look out for me and that's how I became more of a, a color analyst and a commentator actually for these games rather than just you know, a talk show host that talked right. about the games the next day. Right. And so, you know, I actually credit a lot of that to YouTube, kind of keeping me afloat during a time period where I was unemployed to where now I got a couple of gigs that are basketball-centric gigs, which is my passion. And I've gotten to see my elevation starting at D3 with Pacific. And I'm still there, but now being able to work at a Division one school such as Portland State. So thank you
0: all for that, man. Well, you know, uh <laughs> I'm gonna save like this, like one minute of you if you talking about how good we were to you, and it, just use that like when I'm feeling down in the morning. You like, should do I'm that. Down, like looking in the mirror. And,
1: <laughs> you should do but, that. Nah, man. Like it's
0: the, the the one thing in this industry. There there are a lot of, um, they're just like a lot of people that have helped me along the way. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I I don't know if everyone's necessarily great great at like recognizing that. But, right. Like, but like that's that like. So much of my career and I think anybody like who's been able to survive in this industry and, and done it and not to like blow smoke, but like done it the right way, mm-hmm. like has had somebody look out for him. And for me, it's been guys like Jeff Smith or like a Dan Edel or like yeah. Seth Prince or, uh, you know, um, a lot, a lot of these guys who like, you know, just kind of like keep your eye out for like people. And, and like, I, I, I don't know if I'm like a big karma guy, but it's just yeah. like. It's just like, it goes back to like what I like writing about. Like I like writing about people. And right. Like, and like, if you're just writing about people and not like recognizing the actual people in your life, like, yeah. like, like what, what are we really doing here? So, right,
1: right, right, so. right. For sure. So now you're with The Athletic. Um, you, you're the beat writer there at The Athletic. You also do a podcast with Aaron Finchers. Yeah.
0: Right? It, yeah. It's the uh, It Never Rains podcast. It's on Mondays. On Mondays. Apple Podcasts and Spotify we do a Friday episode as well, but that's exclusive for athletic subscribers. So okay. if, if you want to hear the good stuff, you got to pony up. Um, <laughs> I, got, I do got, Speaking of pony up yeah, yeah. and speaking of Aaron I, I Finchers. Gotta, I got to quit, <laughs> quit sending you those PDFs, man. Yeah, because yeah, hey.
1: speaking of pony up and speaking yeah. of Aaron Finchers. Is he uh, owed me some money? <laughs> no, he doesn't owe me some money, but I would like to know, has uh, Mia Khalifa come for YouTube's podcast at
0: all yet? Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> No, that'd probably get us a good signal boost, though. <laughs> if
1: yeah. I'm sure it would. Yeah,
0: um,
1: <laughs> in multiple avenues.
0: Yeah, yeah, just uh, <laughs> so. Anyways,
1: the ducks. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk ducks. Let's uh, talk uh,
0: ducks. Yeah. Yeah. ducks. Yeah, so let's so, talk so, ducks. So, so, so the ducks are decent <laughs> this
1: year. Uh, okay, I, no, let's seriously. I just had to. I yeah, just no. had to do that. But seriously, let's <laughs> talk <laughs> <dog> ducks now. <laughs> so. They're seven and one right now, correct? Yeah. Seven and one, six, seven and one they're, right now.
0: They're, they're seven, seven, and one. They're undefeated in conference play. They got USC up on Saturday, which is a sneaky game because USC can look like the best team in the conference one week and they yeah, can, they can look like crap the next. Very true. But they got some typical like really good USC skill position guys like uh yeah. like Mike, Michael Pittman at wide receiver, and uh, I mean they're on like their backup quarterback but at USC you can kind of print quarterbacks off yeah. like, like pretty quick. Yeah,
1: I so. remember earlier this earlier this year, I mean f- probably about a month or so ago now, who did they beat Utah? And I actually wagered on that game cuz Utah was like ranked pretty high at the time and uh,
0: Utah's number freaking eight they're eight so yeah Yeah. they're
1: still ranked pretty high but because like i'm like usc you just never know what you're gonna get for them i'm I'm gonna put my money on utah this game and unfortunately i didn't come out a a rich guy but um but like you said you just never know what you're going to get from usc because usually they get the good athletes but they just don't have it all figured out over there
0: and, and that's kind of the random thing about the pac-12 this year is and especially if you look at that that south division is i, I think everyone at this point has beaten everybody it's, it's chaos like yeah. other than i mean utah's been pretty consistent other than that loss to usc but other than that it's been just nuts and like the only consistent thing in the entire conference has been oregon and now, Oregon hasn't won consistently the same way ever. I mean, for the first five weeks, it looked like their defense was, like, the next, like, 85 Bears.
1: I was going to ask uh, you but then the, <laughs> But
0: then these last back-to-back weeks, they've given up 30 points in each of them. and yeah. But then, like, the offense, which had kind of been up and down at times, like, they carried them. And so, like, right. it's—this is a really hard Oregon team to peg down in terms of, like, why are they good this year? Yeah. Because it's never been one thing or the other. Like, yeah. it's and, and, like, I— Herbert's not a Heisman. Yeah, but like Herbert's not a Heisman, but that's okay. Like yeah. he, he's 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 doing exactly like what they need to do. Like like he's not turning the football over. Like mm-hmm. like he's being safe with it. And like what we saw like the last two weeks, where like Washington they're down by fourteen in the third quarter, he helped lead them back. Yeah. Last week, uh, they they have fifty seconds to drive downfield to beat like what would have been a big upset from Wazoo. He let him down the field, and so like I think some of the, like. Yeah, Justin Herbert's not the best quarterback in the college football game right now. He still might be have a grander future in the NFL or whatnot. For sure, like he's he's got that crazy. But like, I can see that. But like when he came back and like you know you can take this for face value or whatever. He was just I think his statement was like I think we have a really good opportunity and like you know with this team I think we can do like really good things and like they're seven and one. Yeah, he's he's got the best quarterback stats in the Pac-12. Yeah, like. Yeah, so like he's not like Joe. Right Bur- top yeah, 10. he's not like Tua or like Joe Burrow or whatnot. But yeah. like he's playing as good a football. Like he, he's playing top five quarterback ever at Oregon football right now. Right, which, which like I think some people, High are, praise. which which like I think some people were like, man, like we want this guy to be as good as like Marcus. Yeah. Well, Oregon's been around for a hundred years, and one guy has been as good as Marcus. Marcus exactly. and, and Marcus was way better than everybody else like,
1: Marcus is struggling in yeah, the nfl right yeah, now like, too like, by the way this is
0: a hard freaking sport yeah and uh and so like i think i think because he's been here for four years and because like he's the local kid like there's so many expectations put on him and the fact that he's got like that like the pro tip like people were calling him like a potential first round pick when like when he was a freshman and this went been this went from being like a third-string guy who had, like, no offers to within, like, six weeks. They're like, man, this kid's going to be, like, going in that. Like, that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. Right. And he's been really good. Like, he hasn't, like, yeah, he's he's not.
1: Hometown kid,
0: too. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I, I get a little, not defensive with Herbert, but I think that, like, I think the the goalposts change with him a lot because yeah. like if you rem- like nobody wanted him like four years ago and now it's like oh man he's only he's only got twenty four touchdowns and one interception why is it not thirty and like it's, yeah, it's crazy like, yeah for sure
1: um, so with the ducks having the success that they're having obviously um, it was a big blow when they lost that first game of the year to Auburn um, a lot of people were down on them and I would even say rightfully so because they gave that game away and with the success that he's had he didn't do what he was supposed to do but um but um now that now that they're where they are and kind of you know having the success that they're having being 7 and 1 ranked top 10 if they do win out in the case that they do win out do you see them being a playoff team
0: uh if, college football playoff team if they win out they'll be in a really good position they're they're still not like <laughs> i i careful saying this because Chip Kelly just went off on somebody for saying controlling your own destiny because he was just, you know, Chip Kelly style of like, well, <laughs> yeah. destiny means it's a predetermined set of events. and blah, blah. Oh, Anyways, yeah, yeah. but... <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, if, if Oregon wins out, they're going to have a really good chance because yeah. they're... I mean, the the official college football rankings come out next week, so, like, we'll, we'll see if they're still, like, number seven or whatnot, but, like, they're... Oh, the there are several teams in front of them that still have to play each other. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's going to be some teams beating each other up. Right. Um, I think Oregon has something that's important right now, and it's, they they have a little bit of national mojo. Like, you know, yeah. I I, th- I think their defense is starting to get known a little bit. Like, it's, I, I think, I don't think the Pac-12 gets gets uh, as much attention as it used to. I, I think USC being down kind of affects that a lot. Because, like, when USC's really going, like, yeah. the Pac, like, people, if USC was, like, Eight and zero right now, people would be like, "Man, the Pac twelve is great." Right, when, right, when right, it's just right. Like, When it's just one team, That's, yeah, like they're the kind of the straw that as a drink. Uh, but you know, I think people are doing that. Like, all right, it's like midway through, let's check in on the Pac 12 they're like, oh, Oregon, like like they're doing really good. And yeah. like, I think because of like the notoriety they have of like the fact that they've played in two national title games like this decade, and they have like the Nike and the uniforms, like they're probably going to get more attention than like a Utah right is for sure. But uh, yeah, so like they're kind of a little bit trendy right now. And, 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 like, I... I don't think that they would be able to compete very well against like the Clemsons or Bama's or like the Oklahomas, like those types of teams that would be in the top four. Any but, given, I guess Saturday in the case of college football, yeah. But if they get in, well, so that's that's the, that's the thing is, I mean, like, we just saw Oklahoma lose to Kansas State this past week. Like, like yeah. who the hell had that one going? Right. And, like, and here I am saying like I don't think Oregon could beat Oklahoma. It's like, well, I think Oregon would pace Kansas. Like, it's a weird yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so like. Man, I always hate, like, when we have to, like, go on and do predictions and, like, all that shit because, like... Well, like, on this
1: podcast, you got to do it. Yeah, so. well, I know. I'll, I'll do that. Just, I'll just
0: do that for you. It's but my like, <laughs> But, like, it, it just kind of, like, puts you, like, into, like, it pigeonholes you into, like, like either, like, they'll be like, oh, man, you, like, you weren't with us or, like, yeah. you, you were, like, going against us. But, like... Especially being
1: that they don't want to give y'all half the
0: access that yeah. <laughs> but, y'all used
1: to get anymore but, anyway, But, right? like,
0: <laughs> the thing about it, though, is, like, you can have every little thing right. And then Kansas State beats Oklahoma, yeah, you know? Like, yeah. like, it's 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 a crazy sport. I didn't think that the Ducks would be seven. I, I thought that, like, especially if they lost that Auburn game, yeah. I thought, like, this stretch of, like, Washington, Washington State, and we'll see what happens after USC, like, it wouldn't have surprised me if they would have lost that Washington game or that Washington State. I mean, Washington State's given the Ducks problems for, yeah, for years. Yeah, for years. For and, years. Uh, like, Having covered this team kind of in the Cristobal era, you know, it's is this is his second year as head coach, but really his third year on the staff. Like the one thing that like they've been competitive a lot, but like they up until this year they hadn't really like it didn't feel like they knew how to win really. Yeah. And like you look at games this year, and like they don't have a ton of like quote unquote style points. Like they've had a lot of ugly wins. Yeah. But like you're kind of starting to get that feeling like when it's late in games, like oh man, like they might be able to pull this off. Right. And, And that's just not something that you had like probably up until like. I mean, you definitely had that when, like, Vernon Adams was healthy. Yeah. But, like, since then, which was 2015, like, it's been, like, ah, man, if Oregon gets down by, like, two scores, they're toast. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, That's not the case anymore, which makes it pretty freaking fun football to cover right now.
1: <laughs> For sure. Um, you said something pretty interesting earlier, and you kind of alluded to it a bit just now, with kind of the roller coaster that right. the football program has had, um, especially coming off of a pretty long tenure of being – uh, one of the top teams in the country for quite some time. Obviously, you had the Chip Kelly era. Following that, you had the Marcus, what I would consider the Marcus Mariota era. Yep. Um, but they've also, just to kind of do a little bit of a transition before we wrap it up, they also have had a lot of success now on the hardwood. Yes, sir. Um, so I guess my question would be, what kind of a school do you consider Oregon now? Is it still a football school? Has it become a basketball school? Because you covered a basketball right. program as well. Um, the basketball program is they've made it to a Final Four in the last few years. They uh, shot some teams last year, and I think they got to the Sweet 16 last year. Right unexpectedly like what and they won a conference tournament too because they had to damn near win the conference tournament to be able to even get a bid in last year's ncaa
0: tournament so what has it become or what is it that you see now i I mean it's it's one of those things where it depends on what time of the year you're asking Mm because i mean like right now like you know nobody's talking about hoop or, yeah. And 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 rightfully so, because like the first two months of college basketball. No offense to these games that you're gonna be covering in the coming weeks. Yeah, you know, like college basketball doesn't really start picking up until like January, February. For or, sure, or, conference starts right when conference yeah. starts. Right. Uh, but the difference with Oregon now is, you know, February used to still be about football. Yeah. February and March, it was it was kind of the countdown to spring football or recruiting, right. and like there's still a ton of interest around that. I mean, especially like now that the football team's good again, like like that has amplified but like between like what kelly graves is doing with like the women's team today that uh they're the number one team in the country in the yeah. preseason rankings first time that's ever happened for oregon sabrina and yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. like they're just a bunch of ballers out there and uh then you mix that with the fact that like under altman like the ducks are always in it like even, yeah. even when it looks like they're toast they're in it and this year they got another good recruiting class coming in peyton pritchard's here in year four right um like it's it, the, the noise they make in like February and especially March, like it's, it's, it's substantial. I mean, like, it's not like Duke or like North Carolina yeah, 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 or whatnot, for sure. but out of, out of like all the other programs in the Pac-12, like, you know, I think it's the most balanced in terms of like the, the level of kind of like fan interest and respect between the football and basketball programs. Yeah. Cause like, you know, you look at like. You know, Arizona fans are rabid for hoop too, but like their football's kind of like eh, you know, like that that's definitely a basketball school. Right, it's right, like, right. I, I think I think Oregon because of I think Oregon's still a football school, but it's it's not only like that's that's not the, the only thing. And, it, and right. it's and it's not just like a, a passionate rabid Segmented part of the fan base that's cheering for hoop. I think I think everyone is 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 kind of equally interested in those things, especially when they're I like, guess as good as they are right now. For
1: sure, um, yeah. So I'm I'm glad we got to get some duck talk in. But lastly, just real quick, rapid fire, um, NBA. You, we're still basketball guys. We we've talked plenty of basketball together. Um, who's winning the title? Why are they winning the title? What's 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 going through your head during this very premature part of the NBA season?
0: Uh, I. think... I think if the Lakers can stay healthy, like, I was, I was like watching that game yesterday, just like seeing AD do 40 and 20 in like three quarters, and he's got a hurt shoulder, and LeBron, like, LeBron was just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to let him do this. Like, if those two are healthy, like, if those two are healthy and they're both on the floor together at the same time, I don't know how anybody, I mean, like, you know, you saw the Clippers beat him in like game one, but that's like game one in October. Right, right. I I think the Lakers are going, but. I think it's between those two teams. Like, I know Phillies looked really good here at the start yeah. of the year, but, you know, I think it might take them another year to kind of, like, learn how to, like... Win. A right. title, at right. least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, man, it's uh, it's it's just fun. I mean, like, the last five years, I, like, I, I loved watching Golden State play. Like, that's, that's probably as good of basketball as you're ever going to see. For sure. And, and I think even if you're... Not a fan of Golden State. You should have been able to appreciate the fact that like this is as good as this game will ever be played. Like, yeah. What you're seeing here. One hundred percent. You know, I that's you know that's part of why like I like watching LeBron too. I'm not yeah. saying LeBron's better than Jordan or anything. Our, our buddy, or Kobe. Our, 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 well, yeah. yeah. But but like I I just I, I think especially being in this job where like oftentimes you know we're not allowed to cheer or do like this sort of stuff. Like you're able to just like appreciate like what you're seeing at least and. Uh, yeah, just uh, I've i really liked watching LeBron's career. I liked watching Golden State play, um, but this year is fun because it's wide open. I mean, you could even make an argument that if the Blazers if the Blazers get hot at the right time, yeah. I don't think the Blazers are the best team in the league by, For sure. by any means. But like, I agree. like th- this is the first year in a very long time where a hot team could potentially make make a play.
1: Right. Yeah. All right. Well, I know you got to get on, and you got. What did you got improv, yeah. improv yeah, man, I'm shit. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all over this place. Yeah, I'm man, you're going to be a star. Big wig, Alger. <laughs> big wig, but, uh, yeah, give folks your Twitter handle where they can follow you. If they want to find out
0: about arguably the hottest team in college football right yeah. now in Oregon Ducks. So, uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Tyson Alger. Um, and then if you just go to, uh, the athletic.com slash ducks, I believe, um, you should be able to, uh, um, find my work there. If, uh, if you're kind of on the on the fence about, you know, willing to pay money for stuff, we do offer a seven-day free trial, which, you know, I understand that you don't always want to sign up for those. Yeah. I, look, look, I, I don't pay for everything either, so <laughs> like, I, I, I completely understand. You're not going to hurt my feelings, but yeah. But I really like what we do over there. We work hard, and I think we put out a unique product, so yeah. if, if any of you guys are interested in not completely turned off by hearing me talk about this here. uh yeah, yeah
1: I, for sure i agree the athletic i you're the reason i subscribed to being honest uh i should have subscribed a while ago but um on that note we'll leave all y'all the only way that we know how um and that is by telling you to give it your all and whatever it is that you do and uh to stay woke and go win peace out